Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Enterprise Sales Development Podcast, brought to you by Science Technologies. We interview outbound leaders at fast growth businesses to learn their secrets and bring you actionable insights. Thanks for joining us this week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Enterprise Sales Development. This is your host, Eric Quanstrom. I'm the CMO at Science. Today's episode is a little bit different, but very much the same. What do I mean by that? I mean that our guest today is an expert in outreach, but outreach for link building. So we're going to geek out a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit of marketing. His name is Farzad Rasidi. He's the lead innovator with Respana. Prior to that, he was the director of marketing for Visme. Anyone um, that's in the marketing space is probably familiar with that name. And we're going to go deep into what's different about backlink building and outreach to strangers to get backlinks out of them versus appointments. But you know what? It's it's actually the motion is very much the same. We're going to hit on some key messaging strategy. You're going to learn all about the middleman approach. If you didn't know what it was before, you're going to really enjoy it. So without further ado, let me shut up and let's get to the interview because you're going to learn a ton. And speaking of jumping right in, I'm here today with Farzad Rashidi, who I love this title. You're the lead innovator over at Respana, but you know, you're you're part of a bigger company, which is where you started called Visme, where you're a director of marketing. Unpack that a little bit for us and for our listeners, just your journey there and how that came to be. Sure thing. Well, first of all, thank you. I, I made it up myself. <laughs> it's a completely unimaginary title, just simply because I couldn't really uh, find anything else that could encapsulate what I do. So, but anyhow, as far as my background goes, just for the audience who are listening, I joined as the first marketing hire at Visme, and and it was a very tiny startup. Have you heard of Visme uh, before, Eric? I have. Yeah, and we've actually Beautiful. used. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're a customer. Beautiful. Yes. That's great. So. For folks who haven't heard of us, it's an all-in-one brand content creation platform. So say you'd run a sales team, then it pitch decks, salespeople are in designers. So you want to create, say, pitch decks that match your brand and also customize to uh, basically your ideal ICP. So you want to create that quickly without having to you know, bother designers. That's what Bizme's built for. Uh, I, I joined as a first marketing hire. Didn't really have an acquisition strategy in place. So my job was just to figure out how we're we going to go sell this product that we spent years building. So the the first uh, few channels that we experimented with were obviously cold outreach, right? So that that was one of the first uh, strategies. The problem with that for us as a product was that we were very affordable. So as anybody knows, if you're selling a product, especially a software product that's like fifty dollars a month, it's not really. It doesn't really make financial sense for you to go hire a lot of salespeople and go door to door start selling, uh, just because of the price point. Paid advertising has its own challenges. Obviously, it, it, it's very quick to gain and, and bear some fruit, but the problem with that is is scale. So, once you double your budgets, normally it doesn't result in double the conversion. So there is some diminishing ROI there. So it was very difficult for us, especially as a bootstrap company, to start investing into paid ads. So we landed on SEO. And that's something that sort of happened naturally because we basically were like, okay, if I'm, if I'm a customer, say, Eric, you you work for one of the largest, best uh, uh, B2B lead generation tools uh, or excuse me, agencies in the, in the market. And say, 
you want to look for a new presentation software or LMS uh, tool for your sales team, right? What's the first thing you do when you want to look for new new solutions? You go to our friend Google. That's right. Exactly. You Google it. So we we knew that from day one. So we're like, okay, let's let's try to see how we can kind of get ourselves up there. So me as a marketer started writing blog posts and put together landing pages, right? You know the whole spiel. <laughs> so invested two months and put together all these pages and guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Every marketer knows Absolutely this story. Crickets. Literally. That's right. It, it's very common. <laughs> so I was like, well, that was uh, that was a slap in the face. <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, let's kind of work our way back and see what we did wrong. So I ended up uh, basically searching for some of our keywords. And like, for example, Eric, if you go and look up, like if you have Google next to you, just open an incognito tab and just go Google presentation software. Just do it with me. All right. Let's let's do exactly. listening. Uh, <laughs> you are listening. This is scintillating, but here we go. That's right. Okay, beautiful. So when you Google something, normally right underneath that search box, it tells you how many search results pop up, like how many results Google yep. search to find you the, the search. Million. Eight hundred million search results. That's right. And what do you see on the first page, like after the ads? Like, what are what are some of the top like organic search results? You know, this is actually a really interesting one because Google is presenting a number of companies that it's blending a result of presentation software. So it's including Microsoft PowerPoint, Keynote, some really familiar kind of like services from across the web before it even gives you kind of like text based actual. That's right. Yes, absolutely. And and what do you see in the organic results? Like after organic, that? you guys are number one. Visme is coming up as best free online presentation software. Ah, beautiful. So that, that was lucky because search those fluctuate, but not to say we are always going to be number one. But basically, it took us a while to get there. So let's yeah. unpack that a little bit. <laughs> so how do we went from crickets to now? Just to give you a snapshot, Visme is now getting close to about three million in monthly organic visitors every month. And, and by the way, that just perspective. On, on that search term that you're ranking number one for, um, according to some of the tools that I use, right around 20,000 searches for exactly that phrase per month. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's one of our highest intent, obviously, keywords. But there's there's hundreds of them. And, and, and the problem was kind of putting ourselves on the top. Uh, and and what when you go and talk to any SEO agency or you talk to any experts in the SEO field, they're like, okay, we got to do your keyword research, right? We got to make sure your site loads fast and do the meta tags and meta titles and throw a bunch of jargon. And you do all of that and say you you have excellent content, right? Yeah. You're in the top 1%. <laughs> when there's... And by the way, everything that you just talked about, for those that are not familiar with search engine optimization, SEO world, a lot of what you're saying is is in the bucket of what we would call on-page SEO. That's right. right? So what we're getting ready to to talk about, though, is all the tactics you can use that aren't on-page SEO. Exactly. So on-page SEO is, is, as you mentioned... Uh, is basically making sure the house is built right, right? So your, your website is good, it's mobile friendly, it's, it, the content is good, everything that is there is user friendly. But problem with that is that's what everybody's doing. So uh, when you're in the top one percent in terms of quality of content, quote unquote, however way you want to define that, when there are eight hundred thousand, excuse me, eight hundred million search results, you're in the hundredth or hundreds of thousands or in the millionth search results. So how would you go about from like number one millionth 
to top 10, and if not top three, for target terms to actually start getting traffic. And that's where we had a kind of a light bulb moment. We were like, all right, how does Google actually prioritize these search results? Because if you're if you're a search engine, you got to have that problem, right? So how, how would you go about sorting out millions of search results if all of them were of high quality? So what we found is that one of the biggest, most important factors when it comes to rankings is how other people in your industry and how other websites are talking about you and how credible those people are. So it's kind of a mean girl's popularity contest. <laughs> so basically, the more authoritative resources in your space are talking about you, and, and the way Google knows that they're talking about you is through these hyperlinks, right? So that's what we call backlinks in the SEO space. And we're like, okay, that's great. So we know that we're going to have to go get these publications and these basically relevant websites in our space to start linking to us. And and turns out it's a little harder said than done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it but it is outbound. It's outbound outreach That's you know, right. at its core and very similar to sales development, if mm-hmm. not the exact same with a different outcome. That's right. Exactly. So yeah, I mean that that's that that was also a learning curve for us. We were like, okay, well, let's start kind of reaching out to some other websites and and see if they'll be interested in working with us and collaborate in some ways that's mutually beneficial. And that also had his own set of challenges, right? Obviously, when when you face a lot of rejections as a salesperson, you come in, you're like, "Oh, this is nothing." But as a marketer, <laughs> when things aren't working, it's uh, it's a little more difficult to deal with. So, are you saying with, us marketers are a little more thin skinned? I would say so. A yes, little softer indeed. maybe. <laughs> as a marketer, I would say that. Yes, <laughs> um, sales is tough, as people who are listening or can can attest to. But but that that process of sort of outreach of in terms of figuring out what are some of the strategies that work best, right? And kind of streamlining that process because we were using a bunch of different tools. We we're kind of stealing a bunch of logins from our sales team, like their Zoom info accounts and their sales loft and all that stuff that they were using to kind of duct tape together to do outreach for backlinks and, and marketing. Because that process is very similar, but the that the strategies are quite different and it becomes very tedious to try to keep track of everything. So Long story short, what we did was to put together the whole process that was already working for us manually, duct taped together, uh, put in an internal software that we built, and it just worked ridiculously well. And we decided to release it as a standalone product. So that's kind of the backstory of how Respondent was born as a separate product out of ISME. I love that. And you know, they always say necessity is the mother of invention. And this, I think, proves that adage again. That's right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and it's not to say that Respondent basically is solving this problem. It's just to make it, a, make it a lot more time efficient so you have more time to experiment with different things to figure out what works in your space. Well, let, let's kind of unpack that and you know peel the onion a little bit uh, sure. layer by layer. Because I think that there's a lot of similarities for if you want to run a successful backlinks campaign, it's really not that much different than you know trying to get a lot of appointments. You have to start with, first and foremost, who you target. And there's a lot of forethought that goes into what would otherwise be called an ideal customer profile. Maybe we call it an ideal backlink profile, for <laughs> lack of better terminology. Or maybe you have a better term <laughs> than no, I do. That, I love it. I'm going to steal that from now forward. Yes, ideal backlink profile. There we go. <laughs> there you go. So, so walk me through kind of the process of determining who you're going to reach out to and why. So when it comes to link building, the, the 
I would say that the term is quite broad. It, the way I define it is kind of building relationships with other publications in your space. So there, there's a variety of different strategies that can go about it. It starts from low-hanging fruit, simpler stuff, up all the way up to nerdy, like more advanced things that we do, right? Yeah. And not to say either one is more important than another. It's just that based on the different stages of uh, basically SEO that you're in, you want to start with some of the low-hanging stuff uh, low hanging fruit stuff, and then kind of work your way up. So, just to give you some examples, I'm not just talking in abstract terms. Say, you just started a company, you figured out that SEO is the right channel for you, right? That's the number one question. We, SEO is actually not the right channel for most businesses. It, it's a subset of businesses that could that could benefit from it. So, understanding that, hey, I know that my customers are Googling for a product like ours. They're aware of the problem they're solving and they're actively looking for it, right? So, for example, if I'm looking for a lead generation agency um, as a sales lead, I would be Googling, hey, what are some of the best SDR uh, recruitment strategies, yada, yada, yada. And then I come across science. I'm like, oh, who are these guys? I'll take a look, reach out, boom. Not sure whether you actually know this, Eric, but uh, we actually were in touch well, back in the day when I was with Visme with Science. Uh, <laughs> we we're actually considering hiring Google. guys. That's right. Yes, and that's when we come came to this conclusion. It's probably not the best channel for us, but but yes, yeah, Science was was the top one or two. I think that was one of the only uh, agencies that we we were considering working with because we just heard great things about you guys. But anyway, going back to <laughs> the link-building strategies, well, we. Experimented with over the years is actually summarized in, in a little resource I'm going to send people to. But let me give you one example. I'm building a link from science right now. Can you believe it? Yeah. There we go. One of the strategies is podcast outreach. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's something that a lot of people overlook. And it's not to say, by the way, Eric, that I'm only here just to get a backlink from science. There is a variety of uh, uh, reasons why we do it. One is make great relationships with smart marketers and, and people in, uh, in our space like yourself. And and obviously also, it's free advertising to a niche audience, right? So you hear, hear about a brand. Next time you come across us in Google, you're more likely to click, right? And and also, we, we get a mention from science because you're going to mention, you know, basically just transcribe this episode and put it somewhere and, and, and respondent is going to get a mention. So that's going to send a signal to these search engines. So, so because search engines are like, okay, Eric is a well-known guy from a very established company and, and they're talking about respondent. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing. It's a vote yep. of popularity. So one of the things our team does, for example, is we use respondent's engine to find... Okay, what are some of the other well-respected people in our space going on as a guest on other people's podcast? So Respondent kind of helps you reverse engineer and find it. If not, just pull up iTunes. <laughs> just Google somebody's name or excuse me, look up that or name on iTunes and see what the podcasts are that they've been on. And then Respondent normally helps you find the content information of the host and then pulls up the last episodes to help you personalize them. But Again, all of that stuff you can do still manually yourself. You don't need all these fancy tools together. And then and then reach out to the host and say, Hey, Eric, you know, came across an interview with Farzad. And I love the fact you guys talked about SEO as an acquisition strategy. And this is something that we're actually trying to implement in our company. And and by the way, I'd love to hop on the show and talk about X, Y, and Z if you're still looking for guests. So there we go. Bam. <laughs> it's, it's another simple low-hanging fruit strategy that most People don't do. Most companies don't bother doing uh, that. That could be easily put on auto, uh, autopilot and basically start reaching out to uh, uh, podcasts that 
that you know that you can add value to and actually share interesting insights. And uh, and it kind of that that's just one of them. Just a that's just an example. Well, and and going back up to kind of like a bigger concept, determining like the net value, if you will, of any potential backlink partner or backlink source to reach out to. You know, there's a lot of concepts in the industry, domain authority or domain rating. Tell me a little bit about how you think about kind of like pegging, you know, your own outreach to the the known kind of like ratings that exist in the world for right. a given target. Yeah. So I mean metrics exist for a reason. And that's just to simplify a lot of, you know, concepts like subjective concepts like quality and authority, right? And putting right. numbers behind them so that we understand what we we're talking about and have some sort of measure to stand stand up against. So as far as our uh, outreach goes, what we really care about is, is relevancy. And and uh, it's often very easy to get bogged down on metrics saying that, okay, this website is, is X, Y, and Z domain rating, but they're a cooking blog, right? And or... Yeah. Their news site that cover anything, so it's just not uh, really something that's relevant. So what we really care about in terms of our outreach is yes, there are obviously minimums that we want to hit using these metrics, and that help us sort of identify some of the lower quality stuff that that may not be necessarily as as helpful. But the main metric that we use is, is in terms of relevancy. Okay, how relevant is it? For me to go on on Eric's podcast, how much mm-hmm. value can I add to their audience, right? And that's just again one of the strategies versus some of the other strategies that are a little more targeted, a little more I would say advanced, and uh, that get a little more nerdy. And we can talk about some of them, uh, but but that's kind of where I would like to leave it as. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the way I look at it is, it's good to have a game plan. It's good to have kind of like you know more objective measures of a given site so that I can essentially create, if I have an image in my head, a Venn diagram overlap of sites that are relevant to me and my areas of promise and my business that may be in a a similar line of work or maybe targeting the same Mm -hmm. kind of like buyers or personas or otherwise would be associative. That's right. And then I can also stack rank based on like my own essentially rankings as I kind of like grow my footprint or my own domain's quality. Exactly. Which I think is an important ingredient, is it not? Like absolutely. I, I always say to this, I say this to our customers um, and during our training sessions. I'm like, guys, SEO is not a game of shooting for the stars, right? <laughs> it's a it's a you gotta stay within your league. So when you start out, don't reach out to HubSpot or Science <laughs> from day one, right? Eric's got better things to do. Don't spam people, right? Start from companies and, and websites that are within the range of where you are at at any given time. And then as your uh, basically authoritiveness grows and you're getting more traffic, then you have more valuable things to offer to collaborate with other people in your space. And you kind of gradually increase that from there, right? So for example, the type of companies and websites that Visme, for example, works with is still uh, on another level that respond It's just simply because we are getting obviously lower traffic numbers just because we're a newer company. So that's just, uh, uh, I would say, common sense that a lot of people unfortunately ignore. Yeah, I actually view this as a, a more of a meta or a kind of a 20,000 foot perspective that I think a lot of companies, a lot of startup companies really miss, which is you kind of have to earn the right. You have to graduate up to various levels. You know, like it's easy to look at companies like a Microsoft or a Google or a Salesforce or, and forget that, you know, they were kind of a, a small fish in 
very large ponds, often of That's their own right. creation, at one point. That happened to be, you know, decades ago. But either way, like we all have to come up our own kind of like growth curve in our own time, mm-hmm. don't we? Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. I think this is definitely something that jumping the gun is is gonna backfire more more often than it does help, just simply because obviously you have to take into account that you are still reaching out by email, that the recipients have the authority and the ability to ruin your email domain reputation, right? If you're sending spammy emails and that nobody reads or or to read and market as spam. So that's going to cause some issues in uh, for your business is, is that you want to be extra careful. Similar way to how you conduct sales outreach is that you want to start by targeting certain ICPs. You're not hitting everyone, right? So you want to make sure that you're as careful and calculated the same, same way as you are with sales. Boy, I'll tell you what. And I think that this is true. And, and most marketers in our audience and anyone wearing the title CMO will probably agree with this statement. We get more requests. I get more requests for backlinks and participation. <laughs> and can you link to my article? And can I guest right. post on your blog? Like more of that type of outreach today than, than even SDR outreach. That's I right. Think it's, it's, uh, it's grown like kudzu for those from the deep south like <laughs> like at an amazing rate and I, and I think I know the reason why or at least I have some assumptions why that's happening Eric and I, and I think it's because it's relatively new like if you look at the sales field like back in like 2008 or 9 it's like 10 12 years ago well 14 years ago gosh when you know cold sales outreach and these tools started coming to play were sort of more spammy than they are now, right? Like if you get an email from an SDR that is from a respectable company, they know your dog's name, they know where you live. <laughs> They've done the research up to a point that it's almost creepy. And yeah. they're, they're positioning their, their products actually actually within your range and within your target. Like I don't get the same uh, replies or emails from SDRs to my Responder inbox as a smaller company compared to my Visme inbox as a larger corporation. So it means that sales people are doing their research and they're actually a lot more calculated just because over time they figure out their spam techniques just simply don't work. Now they, they're like, okay, let's take a step back and see, get, get a little more calculated. Link building in SEO, on the other hand, is something that is now just starting to become popular. And I feel like people just quite haven't figured it out yet. So they resort to some techniques that may come across as more spammy. But I think over the course of the next few years, we're going to see that change pretty pretty quickly. Well, it always makes me wonder, you know, the spray and pray approach is something that I try to avoid at all costs in all ways every day. But I, I, I often wonder, because you're seeing such kind of like primordial tactics um, that remind me of the early 2000s, to be honest, must be working for somebody, right? Like, <laughs> other, <laughs> otherwise, why would people use this and burn domains at the, right. the clip that they are likely doing so? It does work, and and but the, unfortunately, the type of websites it works with are the websites you don't really want to link from, right? <laughs> so, you you know exactly what I'm talking about because, like, I when do. for example, if I reach out to Science Blog and I say, "Hey guys, can you add my link in here?" and I'll give you like. 
$200, right? You guys could care less. <laughs> Just never going to happen. Straight up mark the spam. But so the type of websites we want to link from is websites like science, right? There are legitimate businesses that have carrying a great amount of authority and are relevant to our space, right? You guys are not a cooking blog. <laughs> You're in the sales space. So, not yet, um, anyways. <laughs> that's right. So, but, but on the other hand, there are some bloggers that are putting content out there. And once they get some of these spray and pray uh, emails, they're like, yeah, sure, I'll add your link if, if you give me $50, right? And, and then they're happy because they're getting the 50 bucks. But at, a matter of, at the end of the day, doesn't help you to get that link in the first place. I, I think you just threw that 50 bucks in the trash can. <laughs> That's equivalent to that. So the, the type of websites it, work with, it works with normally is not the, the right ones. Well, and I also think that there's an interesting element here that I'd love to go deeper on for those that are fascinated by these kind of concepts. What is also different about backlinks acquisition and you know the outcome, if you will, of getting mm-hmm. linked from another domain, whether it's for a podcast, a blog, a pillar page on the, the website, doesn't... Well, it matters, but it, for our purposes, it doesn't matter the types of content that you're getting linked from. The difference between that and sales development is there's one big great arbiter in the backlinks community, that's Google or Bing. Like, But ultimately, the people that are using kind of page rank as part of their ranking factors pay close attention to where those links are coming from, including the timing of those links when, shockingly enough, two URLs light up the candle on the exact same day, right? That's right, exactly. And and you know some of these tactics, uh, like I see a lot of people post about it. It's like, hey, look, we just bought a thousand uh, links or uh, bought an expired domain, and 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 look at my traffic going up. And I'm like, okay, I'd like to see another screenshot in six months because uh, Google is an ever evolving algorithm, and and there are ways that you can trick it. Right? It is an algorithm, but what matters is that if you're building a business on top of that domain, what you want to look at is okay, what what about five years from now? What about ten years from now? Right, so they're constantly becoming smarter and smarter and identify okay what is actually organic, what is an actual genuine mention, what has obviously been manufactured. So a lot of these shady ta- uh, tactics, uh, I don't believe they bear any fruit, but even if they do, it's, it's mostly mainly temporary. Yeah, I think that that's true. And what what having that arbiter in in the game kind of like leads to is. If you want to play the game right, if you want to do it for the the medium to long term, you actually have to pay attention to kind of like you can't use like shortcut tactics, can you? Yeah, absolutely. And so there's there's as I said some of the other advanced stuff because there's only so many podcasts you can go on, right? You have so many hours in a day. You have so many like for example listicles and different strategies that you kind of I would say fairly quick run out of. Now once you get to some of the more advanced technique. Uh, you normally got to have what we call these link magnet content, which are normally original research. Uh, it's stuff that is interesting for people that that's worth linking to. Like for example, for science, you guys can put together a study. Okay, we reached out to 10,000 leads across you know, mid, mid-market enterprise and here are the findings, right? And, and then you can kind of put those together in a cool like infographic or some sort of chart and graph and then reach out to, for example, Respondent has built a article about, hey, what are some of the best sales tactics in 2022? And then you reach out to our content manager and you're like, hey, Yvonne, you know, came across your <laughs> article and noticed that you guys are talking about you know email outreach as one of the sales tactics. And we 
put together these findings. And if you were kind to give us a mention here, I'm more than happy to do X, Y, and Z for you. So you hit a lot of bases with that type of average where you are offering value. There is some sort of incentive for, for them to work with you too. You have something up link worthy to link to in the first place. And so there's a couple of these uh, uh, things that are prerequisite to even before you pick up that well, you don't pick up the phone in average. You you fire up that email campaign and, and start reaching out to people is that you kind of want to have some checklist of items. Okay, this is the type of content that we want to attract links to. And then this is the type of strategy we're going to go behind it. And then at that point, it's a formality of just putting these together to make it work. Uh, but a lot of people, unfortunately, don't want to put in the effort to do that. And so obviously, it turns into the mess of, of, of spam tactics. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you put that out there um, because I do think that there is a cost of doing business, and that cost is you have to have, you know, worthwhile content to even get a backlink in the first place, right? Like that's right. People aren't just going to do it out of the kindness of their hearts, which raises another question that I'd love to kind of get again a, a, a peel of the onion or a deep dive on, which is, in my experience, especially running marketing departments of various size companies, you know, science is over a thousand folks these days, who you reach out to at a company actually matters a lot too. That's right. Um, help me with your perspective on on kind of like isolating down. That's because right. I don't think that reaching out to Hello At is a particularly <laughs> effective strategy, is it? Exactly. That's right. So that's actually it's funny you mentioned this because it's one of the reasons why we built Prispana because a lot of there there are a couple of link building tools out there that, that kind of are specialized for folks in the SEO space. And fortunately, the problem with most of them is that, is that you run a domain like science.com through it and it gives you a bunch of email addresses. Like for example, support at science.com and Andy at science.com. Okay, who do you reach out to? Who's Andy? Is he the the CMO or he's the content manager or he's the he's the janitor, right? You don't know who that person is. And good luck trying to get a response from support at science.com. Yeah, so that's right. So that's why uh so responder kind of what one of the challenges we had because we had to hire a team of VAs for like six full-time staff members who on a day-to-day basis would have to go and look up through Zoom info or or LinkedIn to find the right person who's actually managing your content marketing, right? And if there's some author information, et cetera, on the blog pages and kind of understand, okay, who's the person who's actually managing the content and what's the right email address for them and let's verify them. And it all requires a bunch of different software tools. And then put them on a spreadsheet and then put them into an email address software. So Responder kind of sort of automates a lot of that dirty work. So now you kind of end up with the right person at each one at each one of these companies. Uh, so basically think about it like an automated Zoom info versus plus like sales loft plus like a CRM. So you kind of have that on the one roof. And not to plug our tool too much. Again, none of the stuff we do is magic. You can do pretty much all of that manually, right? So, uh, but as well, a matter I was of fact, say, we'll, we'll talk after the episode about plugging in Science Go Data in, in place of Zoom Info and see if you get better results. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think it would necessarily be better than Zoom Info per se. It would definitely be a lot more cost effective because, like, uh, for sales folks who are using Zoom Info, it's, it's an extremely expensive. That's right. And and so uh, there, there are different data sources that we pull from. So we, we ended up figuring out that after building, going through the process of building Responda, that all data sources are terrible by themselves. So we had to duct tape 24 of them to aggregate data and cross-check to make sure that we have a decent data size so that you can reach out to all websites in the world, right? Not just like US-based companies with 50 plus employees. So 
that's that's kind of the one of the challenges that that sparked the idea of Respondent that we had to go and build it. But that's what's also some some salespeople are now using Respondent because ninety nine bucks a month, so they go <laughs> use it for sales. I'm like, it's not quite what it's built for, but yeah, I mean, why not? You can if you want it, really. Yeah. Getting back to like kind of the exact or a series of personas that you want to reach out to. Give a perspective on on how you think about targeting, like when you have someone that that kind of fits your your relevancy, you know, to use your first cut, right? Like you found a site that that is relevant. You've found either domain rating, domain authority, a link that would be worth having, whatever mm-hmm. you're going to use as a criteria there. How are you then looking below kind of like the contact level? Because I've yet to meet a company yeah. that actually provided a link to their own website in an automated fashion. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So the process we had, and that, that's again, that's how Respondent works in the background. So uh, hopefully I'm not sharing too much proprietary info, but I'm going to do it anywhere. CTO is going to yell at me. So basically, right, here we go. <laughs> when you come across a page they want to reach out to, normally a good first step is to understand who the writer is. So sometimes there's unauthored information on a page. So that's a good starting point. You want to check to see first if that person currently works at the company. So for example, if it's written by Eric, you're like, okay, is Eric still a current employee of science? And if so, then it's more likely to be able to get a response from Eric because he obviously has editorial access to the blog. He's published an article on there and you're reaching out to them regarding the same article. So if that person who's the author of the article and currently works there, meaning their email exists and is valid. <laughs> then you want to reach out to that person. Right. But most cases, what I would see, say, I would say 70 to 80% of the time, there's either no writer on the page of that person doesn't currently work there or, or something up with the writer that's just not usable. So mm-hmm. in that case, we would normally go and find someone in the content SEO space who works at the company because you want someone with access to that WordPress, right? So somebody who can actually have that authority and ability to be able to go in there and work with you if they want it. So normally that's a, that's a hunting game of uh, figuring out, okay, some certain job titles like content, SEO, and then kind of get broader uh, for smaller companies like marketing, et cetera, and, and trying to see some, find someone, management, not the CMO, mm-hmm. right? Don't reach out to Eric yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, please. <laughs> He's got better things to do. And not necessarily an intern either, right? Some Somebody who has some say into what goes on a blog and whatnot. So like, Content manager would be awesome. And and then find that person's contact info, make sure they still work in the company, verify that email, make sure there's that email is deliverable. And then it's a matter of reaching out to that person with a personalized pitch and actually collaborating with them with an incentive. Right. So that that's kind of the process that we follow. Yeah. And and then let's kind of take it over into the messaging sphere. What do you say? Like when you're that reaching out question. to the right person and you've got the content manager, this is the this is the right guy. That's right. What, so, how do we start that conversation? So I'm going to break it down into two parts. So one is, first of all, the messaging is completely reliant on the strategy, right? Are you trying to get yourself as a guest on a podcast? Or are you trying to get a link to your study? Or are you trying to publish a guest post? Right. So all of these have different types of messaging associated with them. So actually, we have a free ungated content um, Scholar Outreach Strategy Hub. So if folks want to go take a look at it, just go to respana.com. And at the bottom of the page, just click on Outreach Strategy Hub. And then we give you ready-to-use recipes and templates to work with for different tactics. And again, you don't need to respond or to use any of them. You can, you can do, it, do it yourself. But basically, that's going to give you a blueprint. So 
instead of teaching out or giving you guys a fish, I'm going to teach you how to fish so you can kind yeah. of go in and, and investigate a little. But as far as the, the some general principles you want to stick to, and again, people who are listening to this podcast are in, most likely somehow got their hands involved in sales. So you probably know most of these anyway, but I'm going to reiterate. And one is uh, reaching out to the right person. So which you we touched on it, we covered. It doesn't matter how good your pitch is if you're reaching out to the support channel or if you're reaching out to somebody who has nothing to do with like a software engineer at size, right? Two is a matter of incentives. As a matter of fact, nobody cares about your business. Surprise. <laughs> so what is it that you can offer? Right. So when we reach out to you, like, hey Eric, let's collaborate. So I come in here, I spend an hour of my day. I help you create a podcast episode, right? So you can put it on there and for your audience. And and then guess what? We we so it's a mutually beneficial collaboration in this sense. And it and the same applies with anything else that you do, right? So offering some sort of value. Uh, however, whatever way that is, um, that that's a critical part of average that a lot of people miss. You want to stay away from offering cash just because we covered why. Other than that, it's up for you. Uh, anything is is really goes. And so it's just just a matter of the type of company you are and the space you are in and the type of companies you're reaching out to. And the last one is personalization because nobody really wants to get spammed. So what you want is used to mention, you know, sales folks notice the best. So mention something from the article they mentioned to talk about. It. Just make the email look like it's not something you just blasted to everybody, right? So you yeah. want to make sure you have shown or indicate that hey, I've actually done my research, <laughs> right? Uh, even though you, everybody knows that we're all using email automation tools, nobody's surprised about that. Nobody even thinks that you manually sent an email, right? But having the fact, having that level of adding a sprinkle of manual, like a little salt bay action of yeah. manual personalization to go with your variables goes a long way in getting better reply rates. So as long as you have those three pillars together, normally it's a, it's a successful pitch. And that's just a matter of picking the right strategy to work with. Yeah. And as someone that, again, views a lot of the wrong strategy on a daily basis, it's just dominant in, in, the, in my own inbox. It's like, Oh, for three. <laughs> You're missing the right person. There's no incentive or offer, and there's no personalization. In fact, right. it, most uh, bad backlink outreach is usually all about, you know, like they don't even really care who the person is that's receiving this. Most of them are just like, hey, I want you to do this for me. Post my link. <laughs> right. Like, Right. And, I was going to say, I was like, if you're reading those emails, Eric, that means they haven't done a good job because obviously any person with their sane mind wouldn't reach out to a CMO of a company with a thousand exactly employees saying, point. hey, give me a link. This right. is exactly my point. Well, and I'm not reading them. I'm pattern matching. You know, that's the other, that's the other trick, especially with executives. And this is more of a sales development point, but like the person that is valuable enough to set a meeting with and is valuable enough to get into your sales cycle has likely been cold. <laughs> Cold called, cold outreach, cold emailed many, many, many times before. Right. Mm -hmm. And they develop, you know, sophisticated pattern matching techniques to recognize exactly what's coming through and when it's coming through. That's right. Yeah, I, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I think it's it's becoming very difficult to stand out. And and it's something that's just going to get harder by the day. It's not something that's ever going to get any easier. But as a matter of fact, you don't need a whole lot of these relationships to make this work, right? So that's also something that I think 
And it's worth mentioning because a lot of people are like, oh, Firefox, it all sounds great, but like who has the time to actually sit and do all this stuff? Because, you know, we got other things to do. We're running an actual company, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm like, that's it's a common misconception that uh, for your key terms and like for your actual pages they want to get ranking, get some business value from, you're not going to need a thousand of these and type of right. relationships to make it work. And a handful of them goes a long way just simply because of how difficult it is to do. And that that's enough to make you stand out. So making sure that we keep a balance. I want to deter people from spamming and I also give you that 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 peace of mind that it, it is doable even as a small company to implement most of these. Well, and one other thing, you know, and we are talking to an expert here, not just the lead innovator <laughs> at Respana. <laughs> one other variable that I think is really important to kind of think through, and maybe this is 3A in our list of, um, you know, kind of like messaging strategy, or maybe it's its own bucket. But that is, once you have somebody interested, once you have kind of a backlink partner or someone that, that that's kind of said yes, how do you think about the choice set of where to link them back to or right, right. the content that you want to, you know, essentially mm-hmm. win a backlink for? Right. So that that's you're asking so many great questions there. No wonder ah. you're a CMO. <laughs> so let me let me unpack that a little bit. Again. Another big misconception is that, hey, if you want a page on your website to rank, you need to go build backlinks to that page. That's just a pure wrong. Because, for example, that landing page you saw for presentation software, we currently do absolutely no outreach for that page because guess what? No, because it's a sales page, it's a landing page that offers very little educational stuff. It's not a page that anybody would want to link to because just of it's just not a page built for link building in the first place. So what I would recommend folks is, is an approach that I call the middleman approach or, or somebody else calls it. I don't know how I came across that title. But basically, when you're building a website, you want to create pages that are primed for link building. Stuff that is, you know, as I mentioned, like this is what we call link magnets. And then once you're building links to these, what happens is that through these internal links, you're passing on the equity to the the high converting pages down down the funnel. So, meaning that when you're, for example, if I put together a, a guide on, hey, how do I present to an audience, and I put together a really cool guide, and then, and I build links to that. From that page, I'm linking to our homepage. I'm linking to our landing pages, and, and that internal links are going to basically work as a conduit to pass on that link equity to those pages so that they're indirectly benefiting from the backlinks that we're getting externally. Right. And and actually that works, not that I have purview over this, but my understanding of Google's own algorithm and ranking factors is usually useful content that it monitors all the time, right? Like it studies how much time on page any top 10 SERP result is getting and how many people, you know, click in and then click away. It's for those that aren't familiar with this, it's not uncommon to get you know access, if you will, to a top 10 search ranking in Google and then watch it go away if that page didn't perform well enough. That's right. Regardless of how the backlinks um, structure. Oh, works. yes. Oh, absolutely. And this is not to say that links are, are the answer to everything. There's like over 200 some uh, ranking factors or that's what people estimate there are. And, and as a matter of fact, if your content, if your website isn't good, it's not going to get rankings regardless of however many backlinks you have. But 
That's given the fact that you already have a solid website, you have a content strategy, you have done your keyword research, done your homework. Now it's time to pour gasoline on a fire to actually get them on the page search results. So that's sort of why uh, link building and off-page promotion sort of comes at a at later stage where a lot of people want to do it from day one, which I recommend you to kind of start experimentation, but where you really shift your focus. So right now, up to this day, we spend 20% of our resources on content creation. The other 80% goes into content promotion, which is the exact opposite ratio how most companies do SEO. So that's what's really been propelling us forward. And it, it, it's like the way, as I would say it, is that I, I look at it like gasoline and not, not, you, you still got to get that fire going first. Yeah. I think that that's really smart. And, you know, it probably carries with it some heritage from Google too, where, you know, PageRank, my understanding is that it was named after Larry Page, the founder of Google. It used to be a public figure that Google would share with, with everyone. They took it away about a decade ago. But it still sits at the heart of the algorithm by all accounts. PageRank is is useful though, because a lot of backlinks before kind of like the backlink industry kind of was stood up and and is a new trend, as you had indicated, you know, earlier in the That's show. A lot of a lot of backlinks just naturally accumulate from great content. You cite a source, you include, you know, a definitive top ranking piece in any content you're creating. And you know, Google takes notice of people just doing that organically, right? Yeah, and and you know, that was that's the reason why it's still important twenty years in, uh, just simply because there is no really better factor than than popularity to judge yeah. these uh, credibility of these resources. Like the same thing about academic resources, right? So, like if you go top, look at top cited research articles, they are normally very good, right? So there's obviously bad apples there, but like that, it's it's just there isn't a way for these search engines to prioritize search results better than how other websites are linked back to them. Just because anything that you do, marketers ruin everything. So any factor that's under the control of a marketer <laughs> gets abused. And that's why Google beat all the other search engines back in the late 90s, just yes. by developing this algorithm in the first place that took away a lot of these spammy tactics that a lot of marketers were using to kind of spam or like, Excuse me. Uh, stuff keywords and all that good stuff on the on the on uh, on their pages and get rankings. So that's that's how they were able to improve their quality of search results radically. Funny, nobody remembers Lycos, Excited Home, Hotbot. They've all gone the way of the square AOL, wheel. AOL, that's right. Yes, I actually <laughs> met the founder of AOL uh, like last week. Wow. Yes, he was at a book signing event at DC Startup Week. Yes, I saw him as Steve Case. So great guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's funding a lot of startups now. My understanding. He's a, yes, they're doing some angel investing. We're not raising, unfortunately. I wish we were, but uh, but yes, it was it was a good opportunity there to to catch him. <laughs> Speaking of catching up, I mean, oh my gosh, time has just flown on on this interview. Tell our listeners where they can get a hold of you or learn more about either Visme or Respana. Sure. I'm, I'm, my name is Farzad Rashidi. There's, I stick out like a sore thumb everywhere. There's not a whole lot of us <laughs> with that name. You're going to have a tougher time finding Eric on LinkedIn. But I, I, I'm i pretty easy to spot there. So I'm love to connect with folks, whoever's listening. And also our website is respona, R-E-S-P-O-N-A.com. Put out a lot of free educational materials. I definitely highly recommend folks to take a look at it if they are interested in link building. Well, this has been such a fun discussion for me because I love to unpack something and go super deep. And that's exactly what we just did with Backlink Outreach. Maybe that we could even call this a masterclass in, in such. So a lot of great that's concepts. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me, Eric. I, this was fun. 